0: Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, I'm Tim. Good to meet you this morning. Good to see everybody here. Uh, I was not supposed to be preaching, so uh, I found out about uh, 20 minutes ago I'm going to be talking. So, no, you won't need that. We're not going to even need PowerPoint today. What I want to do is, uh, I want if you've got a Bible or you've got a phone, you'd like to look up uh, Mark chapter 4. That's where we're going to be here this morning. We're doing we're doing a series on Mastermind, and I know Gary was going to talk about part two of judging. He will do that next week. Uh, today, I, I want to talk about something else. It's something I was wanting to talk about a couple of weeks from now, but I thought, well, we can go ahead and get into it. I, it God must want it today. You ever had anything happen to you that just blindsides you out of nowhere, and it just happens. You can't explain why. You don't understand why. It just happens. Uh, and, and I know that probably you're, you're going, maybe you're going through something like that right now where even a good explanation, if someone tried to explain it to you, it still wouldn't satisfy you. You'd still have those butterflies. You'd still have that uneasiness, that unsettledness, that lack of peace. And what I want to do today is I want to talk about a little bit about having, if we're going to think like Christ, when we begin to think like Christ, we begin to have the mind of Christ. Then we begin to experience the peace. Of Christ. I don't know about you, but ever since last year, oh, when it was when the country was shut down, my life has been upside down. Church has been upside down. Some people are having trouble finding finding work. I I I just hired someone new, and uh, she was let go because COVID. She was in the limousine rental business. She was in that field, and soon as COVID hit, you know, no more limos, no more weddings, no more nothings. And, uh, and she fits perfect in this seat. I, we think she 's going to do just fine, but it 's like it's, it just seems like it 's one thing after another. we We are hearing things all the time from from our government, from from uh, our family, from our website, from Facebook, uh, whatever, and you read it i don 't know about you, but I just get more and more unsettled as I go. There's times I just got to ignore it i can 't read it anymore i can 't watch it anymore. Anybody here with me on this? I get sick and tired of it. And today, I opened up my daily Bible this morning, so I knew there was something that was going to happen. I saw, I saw my daily Bible, and it's opening, the, and it says, come, Tim, come to me, read, read with me. And I'm reading about all the responsibilities in the temple. So-and-so who is the son of so-and-so who's the son of so-and-so. And I'm like, this is not helping me, Lord. This is not helping me. You know, it's one of those. And then I read a section where David is talking about you know, I'm just—I I have emptied my treasury to build the temple. I want to build the house of God. I want to build it up. God's not going to let me do it. He's going to let my son do it. And I'm just so excited. I'm giving all everything I've got. I've got God gave me all the plans, and I, and I'm just so excited it's going to get done. And he and he asked the people, make a commitment to make sure this happens. Help my son after after I'm gone to rule this land. And I couldn't help but think how David, a man after God's own heart. Who, who understood how things get with life up and down and sideways, he centers himself around Christ. He centers himself around the Lord and he finds peace. He's able to think clearly when things are going topsy-turvy. And so what I wanted to do, I thought about this today, just the idea of, or this morning, uh, this idea of what is peace? What does this peace look like? You know, the Bible says in Philippians 4, I believe verse 7, he says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard or rule, it says, your heart and your mind. Keep your sanity when all this stuff is all over the place and you're not sure what's going to happen. He says the peace of... And, he, and by the way, Paul is speaking from a prison cell, right? He's in prison. Talk about his life getting disrupted and messed up. And and I don't know if he really understands... He he doesn't have to understand everything. He just understands that God's giving him some peace in that prison cell. And so he's able to function. He's able to, the Bible says, he said just a few verses earlier, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. How can he rejoice? Because he has the peace of God that passes all explanation all understanding. I don't have to know why this is happening to me. I don't have to know, have somebody try to break it down for me. That's what Paul says. He says I, all I know is the Lord is with me in the middle of this. And I'll be okay. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning. I know I do. I need to hear that I can have the peace of God. And I, I really, God wants us to walk around with peace in our lives. I think he says, is it um, in 2 Corinthians 5, I think 18, uh, he says something like this. He, uh, Paul says, and Christ came to bring peace, to reconcile us with God, to bring peace, and then gave us the ministry of bringing peace to the world. Joe Biden is not going to bring peace to the world. Hello? okay, you're not going to be able to bring peace to the world. Trump, whoever, Republican, Democrat, up, down, mask, non-mask, I don't care who, listen, you know this is true. Nobody can, nobody can say, I'm going to settle this once and for all. And when they say it, what happens? Is it settled? Never, never. Only Christ can bring peace to the world. And I don't know what it is about what it is, but even this morning when Gary's telling me, Tim, you know, could you do this? Usually the butterflies and the panic start hitting, and I'm going, you know what? I'm just going to, Lord, what do I do here? I go to God, and you know what I find? I find inner peace. Because I'm talking to my family, to my church family. Why am I worried? Why am I nervous? If you're a guest here this morning, your first time here, well, you're in for a real interesting Sunday, okay? Okay, the rest of the family gets it. All the all throughout the history of this church, the gremlins have ruled. You know, they they disrupt our PowerPoint, they disrupt our sound system, they even disrupt our speaking plans. Okay, and you know that in our lives, it just typifies how disrupted sometimes our lives can get through all kinds of interruptions and all kinds of things. But listen, when you center your mind on Christ, you can experience the peace of God. Well, what's that look like? Well, there's no better story that I know of than in Mark chapter four. And if you've got a Bible and you like to turn to Mark chapter four, um, you can read along with me. Very interesting verse, very interesting words in this, this little chapter. Mark chapter four, verse thirty-five through forty-one, and this is where Jesus calms the storm. Praise God. Praise God. It says that day when evening came. I mean, it's getting dark. (laughs) He said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind them, they took him, look, it says, they took him along. They took Jesus along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Be be quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? What a question. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, they had a question. Who is this? The wind and the waves obey him. How was Jesus able to sleep? That's what, I want to be able to do that. Have a, not, not just a good night. I would be able to be just to be calm. You know, uh, this week, this, uh, business has gone off the chain. And we have crazy people calling us for crazy things they want us to do. And we're like, well, we can see what we do. And then they go off on you. And, and you're like, How do you stay calm? And then the rest of the office is all tense and upset and we get, every once in a while we'll get a message and it'll say, you know, I showed up and you didn't show up and I've got a car that's worth 90, this is what they said. I've got, I drive a car worth $90,000 and I can't believe I'm being treated this way. And I went, oh, wazzy wazzy woo woo, you know. Like because he drives an expensive car, he should get special treatment. Give me a break. And everybody in the office is scrambling. What are we doing? What are we doing? First, let's all just calm down. Okay? We don't have to fix his car. He went somewhere else. That's probably a good thing. We probably dodged a bullet. But somebody had to be calm. And I thought, I'm the last guy that's going to be calm. And I happened to be the guy that was calming everybody down. It was weird. It's not my It's not my way of doing things. And that's. I'm looking at Jesus. How are you able to sleep? You're just sleeping. Again, we're looking at the master's mind, right? The master mind. What's in his mind that makes him want to sleep? Because the, the, in the mind, the disciples' minds are in a different place, right? They're not even in the same spot. But he's asleep, they're not sleeping, they're scrambling everywhere, freaking out, and they find him asleep, and it sounds like they're pretty bothered with this. You have anybody that's, you know, something's going crazy, and they don't seem to be, we act like they're from California. Not no not this. you know, like a surfer. We got a guy that works for us, real calm guy. Place can be going apart. Hey, Amen. It's all gonna be good. It's all good. You wanna go <laughs> How can you say that? It can't be good. The disciples come down there giving Jesus a hard time. And he wakes up and shuts it all down and goes back to sleep. I get the he just goes back to sleep. How is he able to do that? Because I want to do that. Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to be a person that's, that's the source of calmness in the, in the storm? Your family looks at you and, and, well, mom doesn't seem to be bothered. Dad doesn't seem to be bothered. Or my, you know, the brother doesn't seem to be bothered. Papa doesn't seem to be bothered. I, we're probably going to be okay. And so here's Jesus. He's in this boat and they wake him up and what's going through this? What is going through the mind of Jesus? That should go, that ought to go through my mind when I'm going through whatever I'm going through. And like I say, I could just, I could throw a dart or a paper wad or whatever and hit somebody and they'd say, you could stand up and go, this is what I'm going through. Well, how can I be calm? Well, I believe Jesus had, he, he thought of four things. They were on his mind all the time. The first thing that gives us peace that give you peace too, what was going on through the mind of Jesus was, God loves me. God cares about me. You know, it's funny. They take him along in the boat, and he's with them not only in the stern or in the boat, but he's in the storm. But he's, and, he, and that's, if that's if there's any any um any indication of love in family is you show up. You know, I've got six grandkids. A seventh one's coming. And between you and me and the fence post, there's a lot of birthday parties to go to. It's like every other month, there's a Are you coming to the birthday party? Oh, there's another one already? Yeah. And I, There's soccer. Every night, they're swimming. They're going to go swimming. There's soccer. They're going to be in t-ball. And I'm like, what am I going to be able to do? That? And And I showed up for the first time to a practice, I went to. There was no game, there was no score, there was only one colored jersey. I sit down. I'm the first one there, and there's seven of these high school students that are going to be there trying to herd these cats, you know. And I and I start going, "Come on, ref, color right." And they look over at me. "Come on, you guys, let's go." "What are you doing, coach?" And they go, "Look at him." I go, "I'm sorry, I'm practicing. Just get ready, you know." Well, you know, it's a practice, right? Well, me too. I'm practicing. I really did that. They looked at me like that was the craziest thing. But it's like now it's like, why would I go? Denise goes, now, Tim, they're going to be practicing every Tuesday and Thursday. And I go, but Denise, I got, I got, this, I got this. I know. I just want you to know. She knows what happens when she puts it in my head. I'm going to go. Why? Why does Papa show up? Because Papa loves Meyer and Mabry. Papa loves watching Carmody doing her thing, or Nora making her way through stuff, or or, or watching just watching you know uh, Ross kind of going and just walking around. I just like I want to be. Love makes people show up. Jesus is there in the boat. And I want you to know, God is showing up in everything you're going through right now. Aren't you glad? Does that give you a little peace? It gives me a little peace. No, you know, God's in it. He's in it through the whole thing. From the beginning to the end, God isn't going anywhere. He will stay with you. I remember one time I, I uh, uh, kidnapped Nathan and took him to Baltimore to get a car. And he'd had no idea. It was after church. We went to the airport and I said, we're going to go to the airport. And what are we doing dad? Well, we're going to get something to eat. What I really did was bought two tickets to Baltimore, Maryland because I bought a car on eBay and we had to go to Maryland to pick it up for his birthday. He had no idea what was going on. My oldest son, you can fool him so easy. So we go to the airport and I get the bags out. You know, Denise says goodbye. She takes off driving. Have fun eating. And he goes, where are we going? I said, "Well, there's a restaurant in the airport. We're going to go eat at the restaurant." And we go there and sit down, we're eating. And I walk We walk up to the ticket counter. And I said, "Hi, my name's Tim and I'm here. I got some tickets here." I said, "Could you tell me um could you tell me give me my tickets and stuff without letting him know where we're going?" And she goes, "Sure." <laughs> Hands the tickets goes, "Well, here you are." And looks over at Nathan and goes, "And good luck wherever you're going." And Nathan's like I kid you not, we're walking through, we're walking through Lambert and Nathan starts getting emotional. Oh dad, what's wrong? Are you sending me away? I go, no I'm not sending, that's the truth. I go, no I'm not sending you away. He goes, I just need to know something. Are you going to be with me the whole time? You know, here he is, he's 18. He can beat me up. I go, I'm going to be at your side the whole trip. Oh, 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 oh. He still didn't know where we were going, and that's what love does. It shows up, and I want—we've got to believe this. You know, that's why Jesus—you know—Jesus knew God was with him. He knew that the Lord was going to take care of him. He knew his Father loved him, and so the disciples had forgotten that. See, and that's the the tendency of disciples. We forget that Jesus didn't leave us. Didn't he say, "Never will I leave you"? Yeah, I'll always be with you. We think He just leaves because we screw up something like like we've never done that before. I mean, look at the disciples. Look how many times they screwed up. Jesus didn't go running from him, Going, I can't be with you guys anymore. No, He loves you. And I want you to know, whatever you're going through, that's the first thing you need to remember. He loves you. He cares about you. He's in the boat. He's in the boat. The other thing I think Jesus knew... In the mind of Christ that needs to be in our mind to help us have peace through times of turmoil is that God is good. Not only does he love you, but he's good. He's a good, good God. Okay, that's something we just need to remember. How do you know he's a good, good God? Because again, he stays with his disciples. And, and, and he, and I know, and I notice what I love about this is it says, teacher, don't you care if we drowned? And the three best words I notice in this passage, as I was sitting here during the Lord's Supper, it says, He got up. Aren't you glad? The Lord is that good. You go to Him for help, He will get up. Praise God. He gets up to help you. He gets up to reassure you. He gets up to make sure you get to the other side. He gets up when your faith is weak to strengthen it. he doesn't rebuke him he doesn't like oh yes, he does say where's your faith at and there's a reason for that, but he doesn't he doesn't oh, i'm a, i'm just going to stay here in bed and let him suffer through it without now he's a good god he's a good god, Jesus knows that too. There's a third thing though I notice and that is he wants what's, Jesus knew this about God, that God always wants what's best for us. I just think that's a, you know, he always wants, he, he, in other words, he will, he gets up, he gets involved and he's working to create what's best or make something that's best for you and I. I was thinking about this, you know, uh, I was looking at some scriptures, of course, and I noticed that it says, what shall we say in response to all these things? Paul says in Romans 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? And if God is for you and he is, he's so good and he wants what's best. Why am I worried? Why am I so caught up in the problem so much? I get caught up in the problems when I forget that God cares. He wants what's best for me. And He's so good. But as, let me, let's say one more thing here and then we'll be done here. Now, one of the things I notice, probably the, the, the thing that I think is in the mind of Jesus that gives Him peace, that when it's in my mind, I have that same kind of peace, is that... um he knew the outcome. He knew how this was going to end. And if I could just remember and know, I can know how it's going to end. You ever had anybody do this to you? They've went and seen a movie that you want to go see before you and they tell you the ending and ruin it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I had people do that with Star Wars or some particular, or mystery or thriller and they, it's almost they enjoy telling you this is what happened. And why aren't you excited with me? I'm not excited because you ruined the ending. You know, then you go watch the movie and the guy's hanging from a cliff or there's a machine gun fire or something, happening and you don't even flinch because you know how it's going to end. Uh, they give away the ending. Right? They gave away the ending. One time I was with, um, if you ever get a chance to go to a crazy, go to a crazy thrilling, you know, uh, Suspenseful filled movie. Go with Gary Spurgeon. It is the bomb, man. I'm with you and we're watching, I remember one time we went, we saw two different movies, The Mummy, but one we saw was Saving Private Ryan. And during the D-Day, The D-Day scene, you know, there's gunfire. And they got the surround sound, so it sounds like bullets are winging by you. And I hear somebody yelling, because it's pretty loud. I hear somebody go, and I look over, it's Gary. He goes, get down, Timmy, get down, they're shooting. And I go, it's a movie. Oh yeah, right on. (laughs) And we kept watching the movie. You know, and I mean, he gets so involved in it, you know. But when if somebody comes up to you before, you know, if somebody would come up to us, by the way, you know what happens at the end, don't you? And they give away the ending. You just want to punch them. Because they just gave it away. That was the whole point. The ending is the best part of the movie. It you, you know, everything leads to it. Well, Jesus, huh, He gave gave away the ending. Right off the bat. He says, let us. Go to the other side. Let us go to the other side. What's he saying? We're going to get to the other side. We're going to be fine. We're going to get through whatever we are encounter. I mean, it's evening is coming. It's getting a little dark. It's getting... You know, in Stia Galilee, the storms come just out of nowhere. Bam, here it comes. Everything's going crazy. Jesus is asleep. Why? Because He knows the outcome and He even told them ahead of time and they still don't get it. And before you're too tough on the disciples. What about you? See, my, my worst moments is when I forget the outcome. I forget that God's already given away the ending of, of how it's going to end. You're going to get through this, Tim. And, and besides that, he, it's, there's going to be some things that he, God's wanting to teach me as I go through this stuff. And he doesn't want me to miss it. And so by giving away the, I guess the ending, it helps me be able to focus on learning. Why does God allow this? Why is God allowing this to happen to me? Is it, not everything that happens to you and I is from God. It's sometimes our own hand or from evil itself. But why does God allow it? Well, is it, is some of it because There's something to learn, something to grow from, something to prepare me for the outcome. He says, why are you so afraid? He said, why are you you afraid? Don't you have faith? He goes, man, if you had faith, you would know, you would believe and know God will take care of you. He does what's best for you. He'll never leave you. He's good. It's always going to end up being something good. And you're going to end up on the other side. By the way, did they end up on the other side? They absolutely did, didn't they? Here's what the Bible says here. There's a little passage here in Isaiah 26. And Isaiah says, God, You give true peace to people who depend on you, to those who trust in you. And I just, want to, I want to urge you, and I want to challenge you all here this morning, to experience the peace that passes on understanding. It comes from a decision to trust and depend on God. But when you start getting nervous. I remember Debbie Weiler one time said said something to me about she said I said it I don't know I just remember her saying it to me and said uh I heard it somewhere or she heard I don't know but I remember the statement whenever you're getting scared it's like a scarecrow you come up to a scarecrow and wherever you see the scarecrow there it's close to the good stuff and whenever you start getting scared whatever's happening you start getting frightened you are so close to the good stuff and I want to challenge you all trust the lord let Him help you with your fear. Replace your fear with faith and trust Him. Because He cares for you. He will do what's best for you. He's already told you the outcome. He's already told you the outcome. I love this last question as we close. Since They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey Him. You know who He is? He's the Prince of Peace, folks. That's who he is. And sometimes when we are talking to the Lord and talking, talking to Jesus, sometimes we gotta remember, that's the Prince of Peace I'm talking to. And he came to give us peace in the most difficult times. The question is, will you depend on him? Will you trust him? Are you trusting him? Are you going to him and entrusting him to work everything out? Let's pray. Father, we thank You and praise You for being a God that cares. You care. You know, the Bible says we ought to cast all of our cares on You because You care for us, and that's true. And Father, Your Word says that You've loved us with an everlasting love. You don't stop caring. Even when we don't care, You don't stop caring. And Father, I know that some of us here this morning, we're going through some stuff. We're going through some inter- th- things that are disrupting us and interrupting our lives and quite frankly are just a pain to deal with. And Father, we, we get worried. We worry about our health. We worry about our kids. We worry about our job. We worry about our finances. We worry about, we worry about marriage. There's relationships, our church, our safety, our country. We bring all that to you, Father. We bring all these cares. And Father, as as those are in our mind, we pray that we can empty, by giving them to you, we can empty our minds of these worries and let your peace begin to replace that worry and that anxiety. Father, I just know this. Every time I come to you, I leave better. I just leave more centered and better. Your word is so positive it brings about such peace. When I'm around people that that trust you Father, they really they encourage me Father, and I know for some of us here we need encouragement from stronger Christians and and Father I pray that uh, we'll find that you'll supply that. Father, we want to make sure you are in our boat. That You're in our life. Because we know when You are and when we've made that commitment to You that You're going to be in our life, it changes everything. And the outcome, well, we don't have to worry. Because we know You'll take care of us. Father, I pray You bless those of us here that are going through the ringer right now. Whether it's a physical ringer or family issues. I pray You bless, Father. Bless these families and these people here this morning with peace. And Father, let let that peace guard, guard our mind and heart like it guarded Your Son's mind and heart. And Father, we pray You'll help us bring peace to others that have no peace or no hope. We pray in Christ's name, Amen.